Welcome to Salisbury Christian Church's Sermon Podcast. The sermon you are about to listen to was delivered on May 27, 2012. This week, we take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and how we can be a good soldier of Christ. Be sure to check out our website at salisburychristianchurch.org for the latest news and events at Salisbury Christian Church. Today we honor those who have served our country as soldiers or who have served us in a military capacity, uh, who have put their lives on hold so that they may serve others. And when we think of soldiers or mil military personnel, we probably have more than a few noble characteristics that come to mind. We think of honor, we think of integrity, we think of uh, bravery and loyalty, mental and physical toughness, uh, passion and drive. And there are, there are so many more that we think about when we think of soldiers. But did you know that we are soldiers too? If you look around, most of us don't look like soldiers of any sort. And uh, some of you I may not want to have on the battlefield with me. But, uh, and many of you probably wouldn't want to have me on the battlefield with you either. But most of us don't look like your ordinary soldiers, and thankfully we are not called to be the military type of soldiers. Not all of us are. But we are called to be soldiers for Christ. If you take a look at 2 Timothy 2, you can see that we are called to be good soldiers of Christ. In uh, verses 1 through 7, Paul really reflects on what it means to be a good soldier of Christ. And for us, we can uh, often ask the question, what does it look like to be a soldier of Christ? And what does being a soldier of Christ entail? Well, in these uh, few verses here, we can see many things that Paul uh, thinks of as important for those of us who are called soldiers of Christ, those who bear Christ's name. And that's something we often have to remember. Uh, the restoration movement, the heritage that this church comes out of, uh, desired only to be called Christians. And that's what they, their, one of their mottos was, Christians only, but not the only Christians. Christians only means that we just want to be called Christians. We don't want to be called Baptist or Presbyterian. We just want to be called what we are, Christians. And uh, we are not the only Christians. That doesn't mean that we are the only uh, Christians in our group, but there are Christians throughout all churches, but we want to have the name of Christ only. And that's who we are serving. That's the name, uh, the person uh, who we fight for is Christ. In verse uh, 3 of chapter 2, it says, Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ. So obviously the first characteristic and the first um, aspect of being a soldier of Christ is that we must expect to endure hardships. This is probably one of the most difficult things for modern Christians to grasp. In our modern day and culture, we uh, tend to want a religion that is very uh, passive, very calm. Uh, we figure that if we serve God, we should at least be able to live a quiet life peaceful life without any stress. 
But we know from experience and from the scripture that that is not true. Paul makes it clear that we are to expect to endure hardships. Think of the things our American soldiers go through. Their task is filled with stress and anxiety. They leave the comforts of their homes to serve in some of the harshest conditions in the world. To say that they're enduring hardships is a complete understatement. They are enduring things that none of us would probably ever uh, volunteer to endure. Paul and the early Christians, like our American soldiers, probably did, not probably, they did experience physical hardships as well as spiritual and religious persecution. Now I'm going to give you a list of uh, apostles, a list of disciples, a list of early Christians, and I want to show you that it is true that we must endure hardships. Matthew was killed in Ethiopia. Luke was hanged in an olive tree. John was boiled in oil. Peter was crucified upside down. James was thrown from a spire of the temple and then his body was beaten. Bartholomew was flayed alive. Andrew was bound to a cross. Jude was shot numerous times with arrows. Matthias was stoned and then beheaded. Barnabas was also stoned to death. And Paul was in prison numerous times and eventually beheaded by Nero. These examples prove to us that we may have to endure hardships. And it also proves that there are Christians who have endured hardships and not turned away in the face of those hardships. We may not have to suffer those types of physical hardships or persecutions, but we should expect to face persecution for the sake of Christ. Our nation and our world are becoming increasingly hostile to the Christian faith, and as time moves on, that hostility will most likely reach every single community that we know every community in our area and maybe even the community in, in the communities that we live in today have started to become more hostile to our faith but look at verse 3 again it doesn't say endure hardship period it says endure hardship with us paul in the church they were facing persecution, but they weren't facing it alone. They prayed for one another and offered support. Uh, they probably shared their experiences as a way to encourage one another. They shared their experiences to endure. We have one another to rely on. And uh, I think it would be safe to say that at least one person in this room has been persecuted at least once in their life. 
And sharing those experiences with one another helps us to understand that even though we may have hardships to face, even though the foe is at our door, we can endure together because we endure for Christ. In verse 4, Paul lets us know that good soldiers of Christ must stay focused on our mission. Just as soldiers in war are briefed on their mission and are expected not to stray from it, so too are we as Christian soldiers to focus on our mission of spreading Christ's gospel. Oftentimes, we can be led away from the real mission at hand and start to focus our energies on things that are only of worldly value. Now, we must remember that Paul was writing to Timothy, who was a pastor of a church. And he was really telling Timothy, don't get mixed up in the things that aren't related to the church. Focus yourself on church activities. But I think it can also go a long way to show us, those of us who aren't pastors, who aren't uh, full-time employees of the church, that we are to focus on heavenly things. What does it say in verse 4? It says, No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian, civilian affairs. That's to say that a soldier who is focused on the mission, does not focus on civilian life. They have given up that comfortable life of civilianism. That's a word. I'll make it up. Why not? They give up that comfortableness of it. They they go and they commit themselves to being a soldier, to fulfilling their mission. We are not to get wrapped up in things that do not bring glory to God. In Paul's metaphor, that's the civilian things, the things that do not bring glory to God or things that do not further the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are numerous things that uh, can cause us to get sidetracked with our mission and cause us to lose focus. For me, as a bivocational minister, I can get caught up in wanting to teach and substitute more than I want to be working for the church. I want to be teaching all the time because uh, it allows me to have extra cash. And that's a worldly thing. That's a worldly thing, and we are not to get caught up in those things. For you, it may be something completely different, but we must understand that we are called to be involved in everyday life, but it needs to be focused on honoring God at every chance you get. The question to ask yourself is, is what I'm doing honoring God or honoring myself? That question should refocus your mission every single time. Am I teaching school to get paid or am I teaching school to honor God with the gift of teaching that I have? Am I working in a factory just to get by or just to have a job or am I honoring God by doing my job well. Am I working at the state just to get a good retirement or a good insurance plan? (laughs) I shouldn't have mentioned the retirement plan, especially now. Or am I 
getting myself involved in the world so I can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. As hard as that may be, as hard as that may be, we are still called to honor God. When you reach the end of your mission, what will Christ say to you? Will he say, you have been a faithful soldier of my name? Or will he say, depart from me, I never knew you? Will he see you just as another civilian? Or will he see you as a soldier for his name? Also in verse 4, we can see that good soldiers of Christ seek to please their commander. Just as soldiers respect and please their superiors, so we are to please our commander, Jesus Christ. My uh, grandpa Barfield often told us stories of his time in Korea and time in the service. Now, if you knew my grandpa Barfield, he was uh, pretty uh, mischievous and um, <laughs> kind of rebellious at that point in his life. And I don't think he would mind telling me, uh, mind me telling uh, some of these stories this morning, but uh, he was always goofing around and playing tricks on his superior officers. Uh, there was one point um, he was stationed in Bermuda, I think it was, and they told the soldiers not to go out and get sunburned because that obviously uh, hindered their ability to do work. So what does he do? He went out shooting crabs on uh, the beach and uh, he got sunburned and got in trouble. Uh, there was also a point in time <laughs> where uh, he had uh, somehow made it into a tank company. And uh, during their training, he decided to uh, strap a rebel flag to his tank and drive it around. He always told me that that was never a good idea. <laughs> And he always told me that that, you know, was not the way he should have acted uh, to his superior officers. First of all, our commanding officer is Christ. And sometimes, uh, like my grandpa, we can get distracted and maybe goof off a, a little bit. But eventually, like my grandfather, we need to get back on track and please the one who is calling us to fight for him. We must remember that Christ is the one for whom we are fighting. He is the one to whom we are dedicated. He is the one to whom authority has been given. Christ, as our commanding officer, has briefed us on our mission. And you may be wondering, what is that mission? Well, I can tell you it is written word for word. Our briefing, our marching orders have been given to us in Matthew 28, 18. It said, then Jesus came to them and said, listen to what he says first. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Those are, those are his credentials. All authority has been given to me and here are our orders. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Christ not only has commanded us to go and spread the gospel, but he has, he has commanded all of his believers to make disciples and love one another as he has loved us. And the most important thing, the second most important thing that Jesus said in that statement was that he is with us always. Our commanding officer is with us in the battle. Usually, you know, in uh, war movies and things like that, the higher-ups are set back in the headquarters and uh, they're kind of orchestrating the battle and making sure everything is getting done. But our commanding officer, the highest official in our army, Jesus Christ, is with us in battle to the very end. We are to obey his orders, his commands wholeheartedly, and we are to please him by not wandering from his commands. Finally, and it's not in this text piece here that I had today, but it is ever so clear in 2 Timothy and throughout the New Testament. All good soldiers, in all things, we are not to be ashamed of Christ. I must confess to you this morning, that this past week, I caught myself. Um, as you know, it's been pretty hot outside, and my car doesn't have uh, air conditioning. So I had my windows rolled down, and uh, I usually listen to WLUJ just to hear other preachers preach. It helps me out quite a bit. Uh, or WIBI to listen to Christian music. And I had my windows rolled down and I was in Springfield uh, going to see uh, Rosella and I was stopped at the stoplight and both of my windows were down and I had my music turned up and if you know me I'm kind of hard of hearing so it's louder than usual than somebody else's radio. But somebody pulled up next to me with their window down and what did I do? Turn the radio down. I don't know why I did that. Maybe uh, it was because I was uh, not wanting to disturb the person next to me, but I think I've been conditioned and I've convinced myself that I don't want to offend anybody else. What if that person next to me in the car is not a Christian? They're going to think I'm some kind of nut. So I turned my radio down. I don't know if I want to go as far as to say that I was ashamed of what I was listening to or I was ashamed of what they may have heard. But it definitely wasn't God-honoring. When we figure out that we are sometimes ashamed of the gospel for our own reasons, because it may embarrass us or it may cause us more hardships or more persecutions when we finally figure that out we should be ashamed of ourselves and I was I was ashamed that I, I turned that radio down I don't know why I did it was just so instinctive so then I turned it up even louder to make up for what I had done 
But in uh, chapter 2, verse 15 of 2 Timothy, further down from our own text, it says this. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Paul is always telling Timothy, do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. All around Timothy in Ephesus, people were hiding their faith. They said, well, it's a private matter. We shouldn't bother other people with it. We don't want to uh, be ashamed. We need to be ashamed of this gospel so we don't disturb others. But Paul says, stop all that nonsense. Stop being ashamed of Christ because he has called us to preach the word. 1 Peter 4.16 says, If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Praise God because we bear Christ's name. We suffer because of Christ's name. But don't be ashamed of it. Be happy about it. And dare I say, be proud of that fact that you bear Christ's name and suffer for him. We belong to Christ. We carry his promise of salvation. We are called to be the light of the world. That's nothing to be ashamed about. To close this morning, I want to read the text of a hymn that I thought I knew, but evidently I don't. It was, there was a kid song that was a little bit like this, but it was different. The uh, hymn is called, Am I a Soldier of the Cross? And it is a question. It's not, it, it, it's not, I am a soldier of the cross. It's a question, am I a soldier of the cross? Listen to these words. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? Are there no fo foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this vile world a friend to grace to help me on to God? Sure, I must fight if I would reign. Increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil, endure the pain, supported by thy word. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? I would like you to answer that question today. Are you a soldier of the cross? Are you a follower of the Lamb? Do you fear to own his cause? Do you blush when you speak his name? Or do you proclaim his name boldly with confidence as a good soldier of Christ? Are you willing to endure all of the hardships that come along with being a Christian? Because if I must say, if we aren't enduring hardships... I think we need to start questioning whether or not we are a good soldier of Christ. Maybe we're taking it a little bit too easy. Maybe we should invite more hardships to come our way so that God may be brought more glory in the face of those hardships.
those trials, those tribulations? Are you willing to endure? Are you willing to call him your commander? Are you willing to be a good soldier of Christ?